Get this shit out I of here. I will do it. I will do it. I won't. You can. I hate talking on the phone. Uh, but, You're uh, right. I'll make my mom do it. <laughs> Nailed it. Adulting. Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. Presented by Cinema Summit. A podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now, here are your hosts, Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is episode 45 of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. I am Trevor L. Nelson. And I'm Alex Dark, and today we're going to be talking about why most horror movies suck. They do. Yeah. But first... Trevor, what are we drinking? Oh my gosh, we are changing things up, guys. Uh, I know you all are waiting with bated breath to hear what we're drinking. I know, and you're you, so you, you'll hear it because. Ah, vodka sodies. And you know why we're drinking vodka sodies and not beer? Why? Because the first what's new ice, ice, baby. That's right. We finally got our ice maker. I, you know what? In the middle of me trying to fix one. Yes. Alex went and bought one from an auction. I did. Uh, he there was one thing missing with it. That was the plug to for the water to keep the water reservoir. inside. Uh, he found that out Small the hard way. Tell the story of that one. Yeah, so I brought it home. This ice maker, and it's a it's a nice one. Yeah, cleaned it up a little bit. All right, thanks. Um, and then filled it up with water because I wanted to test it to see how it worked, and um, you know. Didn't really know how to work it, so I was messing with the dials, and then all of a sudden I just see like a puddle of water on the ground. I'm like, wait a second, that's weird. And then I noticed that there's water pouring out of the back. Oh, fun. Because there, it's missing a little stopper. Yeah, like a... Because it's supposed to run out because there's a, a water drain mm-hmm. for when you clean it out. Yeah. But there's supposed to be a stopper yeah. so it doesn't drain all the time. Exactly. It's like a uh, a plug in a boat. It's you know, it's just if you need yeah. to get the water out and it's it's raised up. You just unplug it and you know the water comes out. But so not we spent so happy. a really dumb amount of time today dumb, looking for a replacement part on this thing, which apparently doesn't exist. Yeah, it's like you know what? It's one of those models that like five different companies branded as their own, and it's all the same stupid thing. Yet you'd think there would be a better way of finding replacement parts. But no. Alas, no. 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 So I had to in true, fashion. In true no-budget filmmaking uh, fashion, Alex fashioned something. I made a plug out of a paper clip and a uh, some gaff tape. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Dark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he... It worked. It worked, and we have ice rocking and rolling. Uh, we had we already filled up the ice tray, so it stopped the automatic ice creation. Yeah, uh, and now we are drinking some delicious vodka sodies. It's fantastic! Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's starting to get warmer in LA now. I know you guys are all laughing at us because we were cold for a while. I know, but this is so refreshing. Um, big fan of it. Big big fan. Um, it's just nice to have something other than beer. Yeah, you not know, that I don't like beer. Who doesn't? But. Um, hey. Yeah, but you know what? You gotta switch it up every once in a while because uh gotta keep things interesting, keep things fresh. Yeah. Fresh and exciting in life because this is all we have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what um, else is new, Trevor? What else is new with us? So what else is new is uh we're gonna give a shout out to uh, to Sha I want I'm gonna mispronounce his name. 
Yeah, I say Sheoba. Sheoba. I'll go with Sheoba. Sheoba McCoy. Um, he actually hit us up. We put these episodes on YouTube, if you guys don't know that, uh, like a video. Uh, just it's a graphic that plays the plays yeah. the audio. Um, and he it. commented on the last one we were talking about building your post production uh, kind of equipment and system and workplace and all that. He brought up a good point, and he said that and your uh, non linear editor, so your you know Final Cut Pro, your Resolve, your uh, Premiere, whatever program you use, that will determine what system you buy. And I would say for the most part. Sheoba, yes, but now that Macs have switched over to Intel processors made by Intel, who knows how long, I know there's rumors that Mac wants to start making their own processors, you can make what is called a Hackintosh out of any Intel-based computer. So our computer, our big beast of a computer, if we really, really wanted to use Final Cut Pro, which we don't because it sucks, and Final Cut Pro X is dumb... (laughs) <laughs> we could uh, do a side install of Mac OS X and run uh, Final Cut Pro on that, even though it is, quote-unquote, a PC. So, yes, I totally get it. For the not-so-technically uh, inclined, the program you use to edit in will definitely determine what system you get. But nowadays, if you are enough, you are technically logically inclined enough to build your own computer you could probably know you'll probably know how to install mac on an intel based machine yeah and before um we just blaze past that glorious comment yeah i think actually maybe this isn't true because i don't use it but i've heard Uh that while the first sort of iteration of final cut pro x sucked yeah I've heard that I have. the um, they've made improvements. They've made it a lot better, but I don't use it, so I don't know. Um, I know the biggest thing that they that people had a problem with, and this is a huge problem for me, is that the new version wouldn't open old project files. So you had yeah, to like that is a big problem, which is huge, especially if you have a lot of projects and somebody comes back and says, "Hey, you know what? I need a quick edit on this thing you did for me a year ago. I'll give you a thousand dollars. You're gonna want those thousand dollars, but you can't open the program. Yeah, you can't open the project. That's pretty crazy, just for like archival purposes. Yeah, I mean, but um, the other thing is, and I don't know if they fixed this either. The one main thing that sort of turns me off to Final Cut Pro in general uh-huh. um, was the transcoding. Yes. Which, I don't know if they've solved that. Well, I know back in the old days when we used Final Cut Pro at Larry, you'd have to um, compress and transcode the camera files to something that Final Cut Pro could use. Which is why I love Premiere. Mostly, you throw anything into Premiere, it, it just will, knows. It'll just know. And now you can export in ProRes on the Windows? Woo! Yeah. I mean, it's just it, it just knows and it can handle it. And, you know, maybe it'll slow, maybe it'll be a, be a little bogged down, but it can handle it. You don't have to transcode in anything. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. So, last thing that's news. News kind of sad news for us. Sad. Sad. So we 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 we've been robbed. We've been robbed, and we laugh. <laughs> and the way Alex said it made it sound funny, but we definitely have been robbed. Um, <laughs> so for those who haven't heard it before, we have our studio and office space. And then on the other side of town, we have a uh, storage unit, which more of our equipment, our personal things. Yeah. Um, it's a nice size for the price. It is, um, and let's let's just um, go ahead and say it's not a storage unit in like a facility. No, it is in fact the basement of an apartment complex. Yes, and the only thing in that basement is the maintenance room and the uh, laundry facilities. Um, and 
uh, our managers at this building, the company that manages the building, thought it would be smart to put a lockbox outside our door with a key to the unit in case somebody from maintenance had to get in there and because uh, there's water pipes, yeah, and water pipes and all that. Which I still don't understand why they didn't just give the key to the maintenance people, but uh, somebody ripped that off the wall. Uh, took the key, opened up our unit, and mostly stole my shit. Not a bunch That's of Alex's. They really, they were like, "This looks like Trevor's that douchebag." Why well, I didn't have a ton of stuff that wasn't like both of our stuff. That's true. That's true. I, I, my wife is in a giant. It's called the Swedish Death Cleanse, and it's basically this idea of you should only have in your apartment what you want people to see when you die and they come into your apartment. So my wife is trying to get rid of a bunch of shit. Uh, and you know, we have a bunch of shit. Doesn't and- she realize that when they die, they'll also be responsible for the storage unit? Yeah. 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 <laughs> you should bring but that that's, up next But that's time. me doing that. That's me saying, let's just hold this for when we get a house. Oh, I see. Um, and so we had a lot of stuff in there. We had all of our camping gear, um, that, uh, you know, was, I have amassed a lot over the last years. Yeah. Uh, but more importantly, I had my moped in there that needed some fixing, but it was still a nice moped. Yanked that thing, which means that they had enough time to like pull that thing out get into a car. It's not easy to get that thing no, in there. No, exactly. And so, and we needed a ramp to do it because the stairs are huge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they got us. Um, and uh, so that's always fun and makes you feel pissed off. And It makes me think that they knew about it before we did even because they changed the lock on the outside gate. Mm, interesting. Maybe. Anyway. Yeah, um, it's uh, many, many theories yeah, afoot. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I had my car broken into not oh, so long ago and my camping gear stolen. That sucks so much. So I know Trevor's pain. Yep. Um, yeah. It's no good. Anyway, yeah, no we're, trying to, we're trying to fix that scenario. Yep, yep. So uh, new locks on there. I actually went to Home Depot and got some wood and covered up the hole that looks right into it. So I like that. That's good. So I like that. We'll see. Maybe I'll stop I by there the other day. I put a door on that other, um, what do you call it? Yeah, there's nothing in there. There's actually nothing. There's no pipes in there. So we could probably put it. We should. If we just put a door on that and then locked it with yeah. our own lock. Yeah. Screw those guys. Yeah. And then I would say put a whole new door on the actual thing and put their lock that they put in there on it. Yeah. So, yeah, we got ideas brewing. Anyway, uh, yeah. we're off on a tangent. Sorry, Funbot. Sorry, Funbot. Just dealing with life over this here. This is never going to die, our hatred of Funbot. Um, I know. But you know what? This is how we do it. This is how we do. So, um, yeah. So, uh, okay, on to the main topic then. Uh, if yes, you guys don't know, yeah, if you guys don't know or just new to the pod, oh, look at that. New to the pod, new to the crew. Wow, uh, I'm so embarrassed for you. <laughs> this is why I drink. Oh, God, I love this drink. It's so good. Um, me and Alex are, are horror movie fiends. That's, yeah, fans. we love watching them. I think you mispronounced fans. No, fiends. Like, you know, we. we, we... Like fish have fiends? <laughs> <laughs> the end of a French film. Fiends? Yes. Yes, we do. We like the horror films. Love them. Love them. Um, but what's funny is people ask me, like, what's your favorite horror film? And I have to explain to them, like, I don't like most horror films. Yeah. It's weird. Like, I'm a horror film fan, but I don't like most of them. Because most of them suck. Yeah. And I'm going to, yeah, I, I have sometimes another reason you, why they Sometimes you love too. them because they suck. You know, it's like, it's fun that they're so bad. Yeah. And other times it's just, um, you know, unfortunate or like they just miss the mark. And it just is like kind of lame. And you know what? Where that mostly happens is when they they'll come out with a trailer that I'm like, yes, 
Yes. Oh, hell yes. I want to see this. And then I go to the theater. I'm like, oh, uh, no, I wish I hadn't seen this. I know. The concept is better than the execution sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, right. So let's talk about why we think horror films, some yeah. of them, most of them yeah. suck. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I think everyone can agree with them. They are so predictable. Like horror films are super predictable. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, this person, I mean, they, you got to give it to Scream. They perfectly play the tropes of horror films and what makes them so predictable. And Yeah, and they you know, sort of made it... Made fun of it. Yeah. Uh, but because yeah. it's true. It is true. And what's funny is... Um, so, you think about, like, dramas, and you kind of think about almost unlimited possibilities. Yeah. Because drama can be in anything, right? Mm-hmm. When you think about horror... And you automatically think of like, okay, it's a ghost. It's yep. a slasher. Slasher. It's um, a monster. Yeah. Um, what else? It's like a psychological one. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. I'd say that pretty or like much. like a possession. Yeah. And it's like, there's a kind of limited window. You know, it's not, it's hard to like break out of those standard things. And then once you're in one of those little um, canals, yeah, it's hard to break away from what's already been done because it's almost expected. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you think it's it's hard to break away from that because people are afraid to people are afraid to break away from it. It may not be hard but they're afraid because it's like one of those things of like um they know what people want. They they look at the history of horror and it's so segmented in those ones that they know what people like. So they, they're afraid to break away from it because they're afraid that it's going to fail and fall on its face. I feel like that might have been the case 30 years ago. Okay. Okay. You know, but it's hard to, it's hard to say that like after there's been like a thousand possession movies that everyone wants to see the same stuff over again. That's true. But I, I would say not even like. I meant more like, yeah, they might want to try and do some more stuff within possession, but like to draw to draw, uh, break out from those five, like, yeah, main horror stays. I think people are still scared of it. Like they they may do a little something different. Like you know, you get something like uh, Paranormal Activity. Now that's a haunting one. That's you know yeah. ghosts, and it did it a little bit differently, but it was still a ghost story. Yeah. So they kind of branched off into the found footage realm. Yeah. I guess, yeah. I mean, I mean it, it just seems like people are so afraid to like do something completely different with horror because they're like, well, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. These keep making money. Yeah, and it's also hard because, um, you know, horror is so specific. If you venture off, it might not be a horror anymore. It might be a thriller. That's true. Because, yeah, and or it could be a drama with some horror. It's like, yeah, it's yeah, it's tough because. You could easily wade into another one, into a different. Like, would you say Jordan Peele said all he wanted to do when he was growing up was make horror movies? Would you say Get Out was a horror movie? I would because it is uh, the. Well, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who has. No, seen you're, it. we're past we're past the, okay. the spoilage time. Well, at the end, um, it is beyond reality. Yeah, you know. So if it was a thriller, um. I feel like it has to be a little bit more grounded in reality, whereas horror can be more supernatural, more like almost, it was almost like science fiction. 
Yeah. More so. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so do you say that horror has to be outside of reality? Um, well, no, not entirely because like slashers and like the gore torture stuff could be, you know, pretty grounded. Um, but I think it's out of reality for most people. Yeah. I mean, I would say don't breathe is pretty grounded in reality until the very end, but it's more like it's real, but it's just so hyper real. And so like. Right. Extraordinary. And, it's like you get into, you could get into debates about it. Where is that a horror? Is that a suspense mm, thriller? Yeah. See, that, oh, that's tough. That's tough. And that's why it's tough to, uh, first of all, defining things is difficult in general. Yeah. People always ask like, what your favorite style of music is? And it's like, well, I don't even know what half of the genres are that the <laughs> musicians that I like are in. So I don't know. And I feel like Britney Spears is pop. Just so let's oh know. yeah. Oh, I've so been telling like, people alt rock. <laughs> I was been telling people Christian rock. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're closer than I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one more time is about Jesus. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, um, yeah. yeah, I think it's hard to like. You, you don't necessarily because like one of the things that I love about horror films and horror in general is is when it kind of like crosses with other genres like mm-hmm. i almost like horror thrillers or like sci-fi horrors better than just like straight horror yeah myself. because and i think that goes back to the fact because common themes and tropes are in the like straight thrillers it's the straight like, horrors you mean it's oh, yeah sorry the straight horrors yeah um and it's like you know it's like the slasher film is like Okay, this is very predictable. And they're going to go here. They're going to run around here, and uh, somebody's going to die. And then you know, blah 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 blah. Um, you know, I, I was I was talking about uh, I think with you about your next. Yeah, and you know, it had a twist in it, but it still was a straight up horror slasher. Is um, that the one about the dinosaurs that come back? Oh, that's we're back. Yeah, no, uh, it's they're your back. next, and we're back. That's right. That's the horror. That's the horror dinosaur one. Right. Um, right. <laughs> So, but I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like horror can just fall into a line of just being very predictable, very kind of boring. Like there's times when I watch horror movies, and I think I've seen some with you, where something happens that is there to scare people, and it's so predictable to me because I like horror so much, I just start laughing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's, okay. that's That's one of the strange things about horror is there's a fine line. It's a really fine <sighs> line between like – Scary and good, yeah, and um, cheesy. Oh, and so it, it, you can go off the rails so easily. And I think people have different views on that very, very easily. I think, um, you know, for example, we were talking earlier about Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh huh. Some people love that and are terrified of that. I think that has a lot to to do with like when they saw it first. Um, yeah. But I think nowadays, if you saw it without seeing any of the other ones, you would find it. To be kind of dumb and cheesy. I think it's definitely nostalgia on those movies. Um, uh, And and another thing that just happens with horror movies is like these impossible predicaments. Ugh. Yeah. Because, well, when it's supernatural, how do you get out of, like, how do you, how do you get out of a haunting or like a possession, you know? Yeah. Because it's, it's something that doesn't have a certain answer. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess you can do like an exorcism. But but even that doesn't work sometimes. Right. And it's not like a sure thing. And then also if you're like 
if you're doing a possession movie and you do an exorcism, then you're once again like like that's every movie. Yeah. I think I think what what horror movies tend to run into is that they think because they're horror movies, especially if they're supernatural or something like that, there are no rules. So right. they can just figure out their way out, but then they just fall into the lineup where everyone's just like, Really? Like, yeah. like really that's how you did it? Like Yeah, so like one of my um oh, one of my favorite one of my favorite horror movies is The Ring. Yes. And that one so they did the thing and they, maybe it's because I saw it when I was like in high school and I hadn't really okay. seen like a ton of other ones, so I don't know if it was the first one to do this or if it was, you know, falling in line with other things. But um it was like a curse movie, right? Where you watched the yep. tape and you were kind of cursed. Yep. Um, and so then to solve the impossible problem, it became sort of like a detective mystery movie where uh, Naomi Watts uh, yeah. tries to find out what's actually happening and who the person is and that that's behind it and all that. Mm-hmm. And then in doing so, theoretically, um, ends the curse by... Um, putting to rest the body, the body yeah, of the, the of the girl. Well, spoiler alert! Damn Sorry. it! Sorry, God, you keep doing that. Um, um, yeah, so that was like a. So that to me was interesting, um, and different because again, it kind of like combined the sort of mystery crime mm-hmm. type style and yeah. genre with horror. Yeah, and it made it something other than like boo. Ah! Ooh, ah, you know, <laughs> like scary, ah. ah, and then just like kind of, you know, low plot, high on scares and yeah. stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, and that's, I guess, what, what makes a really good horror for me too, is like, it's like a thought out way to get out rather than just like, we must kill the, the slasher or, you know, just some cheesy, like. Yeah. Like, like it just happens at the end. Like we got all the scares out. And now, now let's just figure out a way to end it. Yeah, I um, mean, slasher movies are another one where where it's an impossible predicament because they're they are invincible. Yeah, for the most part, it's like they're invincible until they're not. And you know what? I wonder if that's because. Oh man, I wonder if that is also because they want to so badly make sequels out of all these horror movies. So you can't have the character be able to be killed sure. because how do they come back for two, three, four, five, and six. Right. Or go to space like Jason X. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See what we're talking about? Bad horror movies. Yeah. Um, and so it's it. Everyone's looking for. Like, think of all the saws. The whole idea behind the first saw was that the guy doing it had like cancer, and was dying. Yeah. Right. Yet. And then there's eight saws. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> saw saw twelve remission. Yeah, and I think like. I can't remember off the top of my head exactly which one, but I think there's been some movies where the guy dies and then like, like you know, they show at the the start of the sequel that he somehow escaped and didn't really die. Yeah. Or like at the end of the movie, like they just show a shot of the body not being where it was left. It's like oh, and it's like yeah. what the what the hell? Like, yeah, he's dead. Uh, um, and I think uh, like sometimes I think it's fine. Like the really easy out, like think of Amity Horror where they take the dad out of the house, which yeah. means he's no longer haunted by the house. Fine. Really easy way to end it. But just the fact that it was so hard to get him out of the house, I was right. okay with it. Sure. 
Um, but for the most part, the end, the outs are just so bad because it's just like, well, we need to figure out a way to get him out of here. I know. I wanna, again, one that comes to mind as being ult, like ultra questionable is Freddie, where the solution to like he's some he's like a, a demon like possessed spirit <laughs> that haunts your dreams. You can do absolutely nothing about it. Yeah, you just gotta stay awake. You gotta stay awake as long as you possibly can, and then all of a sudden you come up with the idea that oh, I'm gonna bring him back to the real world by getting woken up. As I'm grabbing him, and in doing so, uh, bringing him to the real world, then killing him. Yeah. Except it doesn't kill him. Of course not, because you have to have uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yeah, so how do you... um, So you cannot kill him. Here's the thing. You cannot get rid of him, you can't kill him, so how do you keep making these movies? I know, like, this is is just down to me right now. And maybe it's because they're just stupid teenagers in it, but like... If a man was killed and comes back to life in the dream world, what makes you think when you bring him back to the real world and kill him, he's not he's going to pop up in the dream Oof, world again? That's a toughie. Uh, that's a big toughie. Yeah. Uh, yeah so it's man. like, uh, uh, this is the kind of shit that just bugs the hell out of me and Alex when we watch horror movies. Because it's like, what the hell, uh, what the hell are you guys thinking? Yeah. And then another thing, um, this one, man, I just... I can't, I can't get over it. Is when you have this sort of explanation that you've come up with to like justify the ending, right? And then, in order to, there's no like elegant way to make it come out in the movie. Otherwise, you'd have to, you'd have to like introduce it way too early. Yeah. So at the end, they throw it all in there and do like this huge like exposition where the characters are talking about it and like discovering stuff and like explaining and it's just really that's true with and so bad. many movies though not even horror that's true and that's horrible um horrible I- <laughs> <laughs> nailed it it's the vodka talking dual drink dual drink dual drink um i'd say piggybacking on that because that's done in every movie what's kind of the same fashion that is done mostly in horror a lot, and also now in horror in uh, superhero movies. Yeah, the origin of why this guy is haunting you, or why this <sighs> slasher is coming after you, yeah. or why, and they're tied together because in order to solve the problem, <laughs> yeah, they oftentimes have to figure out I like mean, why they're doing it. And I love the ring, like you, but they do the same thing. And they're like. <gasps> What was her name? Was it Savannah? Samara. Samara. Samara was injured. Was kept like in the bottom isolated. Of a well. Yeah, like isolated by the family, and it brought death to the island. So the mom killed her and pushed her into a well and covered it up. And but it's like, oh god, just she she was she was in the well. Like I'll, <laughs> I'll, you know what? Maybe I'll think that she fell in the well as a kid and just died, and nobody came to save her. So whatever. But, like, I don't need this super long 20-minute explanation of why this got this way. Right. I don't. Uh, If you can do it smartly, that's great. You know, it's funny that I love the original Halloween. I've not seen the new remake. Yeah. But here's the thing that happens when we talk about origins and all that. Second Halloween. Jamie Lee Curtis was Michael Myers' sister. Right. And so... Now we go. Th- now everything's changed because they try and explain Michael Myers' right. motive. Yeah, and even um, Wes Craven. Did he do Halloween? 
God, was it John Car- Carpenter? I'm getting my horror my masters. My God! Oh I am God! Too. Oh God! Um, you made me question myself. Oh my gosh! Um, why is this? Why is this killing me? He's John Carpenter. God, my fault, guys. I apologize. As a horror fan too, I am embarrassed. So John Carpenter, he even said that the biggest regret of he had of the horror, the Halloween franchise, was that the second one he made Laurie Stroud. Uh, his, the sister of Michael Myers, right? Because then it wasn't as scary. Because oh, he's just hunting Laurie. He's not. He's not just a, a crazy murderer that will kill anybody, right? So when they came out with a new Halloween, spoiler alert, guys, they cut out all the movies after Halloween one, right? And made a direct sequel to Halloween one. So right. Laurie Stroud was not the sister, just somebody who was attacked by Michael Myers. Yeah, and what's actually fascinating about it, and my my point when it comes to origin story movies of any kind, including um, superhero movies, yeah, uh, because my god, superhero origin stories just like drive me up the wall. So many montages of like making suits and like, ah, uh, I just can't get it, dude. Did you, by the way, did you see Black Panther? Yes. I thought that was a decent origin story. It was more like a, you're the king because you're next in line. Okay, on to the story. Now you're fighting people. That was okay. That was okay compared to the other ones. I feel like if you went back and rewatched it, you would realize that it is a lot of the Ah, the same stuff. Okay, fine. I'll go back and rewatch it. Um, But I think the interesting thing about the new Halloween Mm -hmm. is you could go into that movie without without seeing the original and totally... Get it and be fine, and actually maybe even like it more. Yeah, just because yeah. it stands alone. I mean, you don't have yeah. to. It's like, uh, you know, a lot of screenwriters talk about starting in the middle instead of starting at the beginning. Ah, okay. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a script, and I think you can think about it that way, just in like the overall story of the character, where you don't have to start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You can start in the middle. Yeah. And still sort of get away with it. Get that's why that's why um I don't know, things like the ring where you're starting in the middle of like this tape being transferred it's around. It's already in the transfer. Yeah. It's like not like the beginning. Right. It's not necessarily like an origin story. I mean it is because it's like it ends up you end up being introduced to yeah. the character at the end. But like it's not meant to be an origin story necessarily. Yes, Trevor. Oh my god! No, because you know what this just reminded me of. It just is the perfect coalescence, and it happened. Origin story. Yes. The ring. Yeah. Do you remember the origin story in the sequel to the ring? Which one? Rings. The one with, uh, the one with the Johnny Galecki. Yes, remember that? <laughs> yes. When he bought the tape, or like, oh. it literally was exi- like, I, I, he I, bought it at a garage sale. Yeah, and he literally said like, it was the biggest setup. It was like a girl died. This tape, you know, it was like one of those things where it's like literally he looked, at, almost looked at the camera and said, "This is the plot of the movie. <laughs> Here we go." Because uh, yeah. I remember we watched, we went together to see that, and we both looked at each other like, "Are you fucking kidding me that this is in the script?" I know. Well, a lot of 
man, that was. Easily, but that was the most overt. That, that was easily like top five worst horror movies I've ever seen. Yes, and that was. The, but that was probably top one overt. Like, look, grab the camera, look it straight in the eyes, and say, "Hey, this is what the movie's <laughs> about. Here's the backstory." In like five minutes, it was just like I remember looking at you, and being like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, that's the laziest screenwriting I've seen. <laughs> Um, but yes, yes. Um, okay. So, uh, yes, the, me and Alex constantly say uh, that you know the origins always get us. It's always the laziness of the origins and how they explain it, and the fact that they have they feel they need to explain it. Yeah, and like talk, it kind of like ties back into the predictability factor. Yeah, and you know, it's not to me. It's not as big of a deal. With horror a lot yeah. of times because um, I think, you know, some horrors are are written to present like sequel opportunities, but some, a lot of them aren't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But to me, it's in the comic book movies, man. It's just like the same. Mo- you could just like. Yeah. That's you why could, I kind you of could just like have, have one origin story. And like just have like a hole in the screen where the, the main character is and just like substitute. Any character. Si- it's like, oh, trouble, you know, lost family member, uh, vengeance, uh, costume, gets some kind of like struck by lightning, hit by radioactive garbage, or like eats a, a bad uh, crouton or something. <laughs> crouton man. <laughs> Italian man. Yeah. Uh, hit by um, a meteor. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sidebar. Is and I haven't seen the movie yet, and kind of because you bash it so much, I have no desire to rush out and see it. Okay. Do you think the origin intros from Suicide Squad are oh. the worst you've ever seen? Oh my god! <laughs> Holy smokes! <laughs> I mean, it's almost like a whole new level. Oh, I mean, I feel okay. like they tried something, which I'm like, okay, you tried it. Yeah. The execution, I think, was poor. I feel like it could have been done okay. and and achieved a level of, like, tolerability. Yeah. But the way they did, I mean, literally the first 30 to 45 oh. minutes is just going through, like, title sequence origin stories. But they don't even go through all of them. Yeah. Ugh. What do you think about? Uh, I don't even remember the Native American character's name. <laughs> Introduction: Slipknot. Slipknot. <laughs> yeah, the worst. He comes in, jumps up, and explodes. <laughs> and he dies. Gone. He dies. And then uh, this is Katana. Her, bra- uh, her blade steals your soul. My God. Oh man, I gotta watch that movie just because it's, it sounds like it's so. You bad. should watch it. All right, I'm gonna watch it. Uh, I I think I even have two copies: the, the extended cut and the like. The What's funny cut. is like the, I think this comes back to horror too. I heard all the terrible stuff about Suicide Squad, uh-huh. but I still went to the theaters and watched it. Uh huh. And yeah. I think that's kind of mostly because I'm just like a fan of movies. Yeah, exactly. And I don't mind seeing bad horror movies. Yeah. I'll go to a theater and watch a horror movie, even if I think it's going to be bad. Sometimes I'm surprised. Sometimes I'm surprised in the opposite direction. Yeah. That's unfortunate. <laughs> but, um, you know, I still like movies I overall. Think with, I think with these movie subscription things, I'm more open to seeing, like, movies are so expensive in L.A. But with with uh, Synespia, I'm more open to going to see movies where I'm like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. 
Yeah. Because whatever. Exactly. It's, it's just a ticket. So, um, you know, going on to the whole idea of predictability and possible predicaments and all that, Alex has something. So Alex has seen the new Halloween. I have not. I should. But there was one thing you told me after you saw it that you liked so much and were like, why don't more horror films, especially slashers, do that? And what was it? So explain to everyone what, what you saw that you're like, I like this. Need More people need to do it. Well, what I one thing that I noticed is they did – they kind of like let the characters breathe, but at the same time, action and stuff was happening in the background. Mm. You know, so like you were following a character into a gas station – and in the background, out of focus, they don't draw too much attention to it. It's not like so in your face, you know. But in the background, Michael is like walking up to one of the like car repair guys and like beating him up and, you know, taking his clothes or whatever. <laughs> and so, and but the camera's actually following this other character that's yeah. walking into the store. And so... It's not just so like linear. It's not so like in your face, obvious stuff. It's kind of just like trying to be a little bit more subtle about things. Well, and it's also the the trope about like horror movies. It always seems like when they do it the way that they used to, not what this new Halloween did. Like the guy's always there. Like you know, yeah. it's like one of those things. Like I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, and the camera's following me. Oh, there he is! It's like oh, there's shit that he does outside of the the frame of the camera or outside right. the view of the audience. That's like. Okay, this is a this is affecting the whole world of this movie rather than just yeah. Oh, I'm going after you, and now the camera goes over this person, which is again predictability. That screen pointed out so much. Oh, we're on this person. Something's about to happen to him. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, exactly. yeah, I, I think I need to see the new Halloween and really get an appreciation for it, which is crazy that Danny McBride wrote it. Um, but yeah, I'm all for it. All for it. Um, and what the. That I really, really hate. And it's, you know, it's a stereotype of people yelling at the screen like, bitch, don't go in there. Don't go in that room. Like, most characters in horror movies are incredibly dumb. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean. They are. I, I, like, they just make bad choices. They make bad choices and like. You can't identify with their choices either most of the time. That's the thing is like, one of the scary parts about horror films is like they become like a proxy for yourself. Exactly. But if you can't imagine yourself making the same stupid decisions that yeah. and mistakes that they make, then it kind of ruins it. That, exactly. That whole like illusion. And and they do it because they want the, the kills and the spills and the guts and all that. But like some of the decisions they make are just the dumbest shit in the world. And which is why people are you know, like, I told you not to go in there. And you did. Yeah. It's because like, you know, I heard somebody scream. So I'm going to go run towards that person. And think yeah. that I can help somebody with – I can help them even though there's somebody in there who has a giant fucking knife that I've already seen. Yeah. I got this. Or it's a ghost and yeah. some type of force that you cannot possibly stop. Because they'll just go right through you. Yeah. yeah I mean – Yeah. It's, it, it, the dumb characters really drag me off sometimes. I, I like I – like, that's why, I, again, I, I will hold the ring up to it. Smart characters. Yeah. That, that – you could identify with some of their decisions. Yeah. Um, like making other people watch the tape so that they would save their kid. Right. And I, I appreciate that because I would be like, you know what? I'd probably do that too. I'd be like, yeah, hey. Exactly. Hey, 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 person that 
is not me or related to me or I know in any way. Watch this tape and then I'll yeah, be good. Yeah, go exactly. ahead. Yeah, Check this out. makes me sound like a horrible person, but yes. But I mean, if you again, there's like no way out I other know. than that. So yeah, you <sighs> would do it. Yeah. Um, also, I think, well, it's almost hard to compare all horror movies with each other because unlike other genres, I think... Um, there's an excess of like subpar mediocre horror movies in mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. Partly because of sort of like the home video craze that happened. Yeah. In, in like the eighties and nineties. Um, and they're low budget movies, you know, they're easy to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just a lot of them and there's, a lot of ones that became like cult classics and there's a lot of um, really bad ones that still float around, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's a little bit different than like dramas, you know? Yeah. Um, Where most dramas um, are held to like a different standard in order to be like kind of released to the public. Yeah. And and that's exactly what I would say going on, on, on that is like this idea that like, a lot of times people do horrors for their first movies because they're easy to make, they're cheap to make, and you don't need big-name actors, which sometimes means not good actors. Um, yeah. And so you get a product that's not that great because they're like, well, it just needs to scare enough people uh, to yeah. make my money back. So if I make it cheap enough and then I can just you know, get enough people to – you know, word of mouth to get some people in there, I'll make my money back. And because it's a genre that inherently requires effects. Yeah, um, they have to achieve those effects on the same, like low budget. Um, whereas other movies, other horror movies, might have like a much higher budget to achieve the same effects. So it's like you have diff- with the budget difference. It's not just a matter of like running around with a camera and like pointing at actors. It's like okay, well, we have to like break this guy's arm off in a believable way, but we have no money to do it. So how how can we do that? And um, sometimes they don't care and it looks really bad. Right. And that's the problem is that I think a lot of people just kind of get lazy on horrors because they are like, well, you know, it's a horror movie. People come out and see it um, right. and they get like lazy. And I've seen so many horror films. I'm like, why did they shoot that? Like, yeah. What the? Oh. And then I think, you know, you look at sort of movies from the past and it's like they were doing things in a diff- in a totally different time where – um you know, what was acceptable back then was not even close to what's acceptable now. Yeah. And so things come across as like cheesy. Yeah. No, I'll give you. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's one of those things where it's like you get somebody who's a new filmmaker who may not even like horror films that is making a horror film because it's cheap, easy, and they think they can just run around with, especially with the reemergence of found footage. They think they can just run around with a handy cam and make, you know, jump scares and bus scares and be like, Ah, I got a movie. Yeah. And it just and the end result is a really bad horror movie, which in turn is a, just a really bad movie overall. Yeah. To me, I think the most important part of a of a horror movie is having a solid story mm-hmm. that doesn't rely entirely on the scary aspects. Like yeah. the, the story alone is interesting enough to propel. It stands up. It stands up. Yeah. And then also it has a solid ending that um, won't leave you feel cheated, feeling cheated. Yeah, 
Yeah, I will. Yeah, I would wholeheartedly agree with you about the ending. If if you don't feel cheated and you don't feel you've wasted your time for a subpar ending, yeah, pretty good horror Winner. movie. Yeah. You win. Exactly. Exactly. And I think... It's like it doesn't have to be the most mind-blowing thing, you know? Like, that's not what I'm saying. Like, we understand that there's, like, there's tropes and there's things that you can't necessarily avoid. Like, it doesn't... Ha- you don't have to, like, break away from everything. Yeah. And make a movie. No. It's more about just, like, having a, an ending that resolves cleanly. And that you can walk... Like, the audience walks away from feeling good about the experience. Not yeah. like, oh, man all that build up for nothing or like, well, I guess, um, I shouldn't have seen this movie because it doesn't actually have an ending. <laughs> yeah. I feel that a lot of horror movies are like three pages long where it's like killing, something happens, killing, something happens, killing, something happens, killing, killing, something happens. They kill him and, and then they just fill in the blank and it's yeah. just like, whatever. Yeah. If you guys really want to get an idea of like the really bad parts of horror movies, watch a movie called Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Oh my god! Because it makes so so much fun about all these tropes and lazy filmmaking when it comes to horror movies, and it is so good. And it's just like, oh, like you have something like Evil Dead, the original, like the first one, and the second one that was a remake of the first one. So good. Yeah. Because it was like. Those are accidentally good, though. Well, the first one. The first one, yes. But the second one, they, they had the budget. And yeah. and it's like they took their time and they, they treated it like – that's the thing. Treat it, they treat it like a film, not a horror film. They treat right. it like a film. Yes. Great acting, maybe a little bit over the top. Bruce Campbell's always over the top. Yeah. Which is why we love him. Yeah. Um, but that's a movie where it's like they treat this – and with The Ring, we're going to keep going back to The Ring, where they treat it like a movie first and a horror movie second. Yes. So the lighting is good. The acting is good. The the blocking is great. The story yeah. is fantastic. And I feel like some people probably have a much different opinion about horror movies than we do. Wrong. Uh, They're wrong. We we share the same opinion, I think, and taste in horror movies. Mm-hmm. But like, I personally don't think a movie is uh, benefited by adding more... Like saying we need more blood, we need more gore, yeah. we need more scares. It's like no, not really. Like you just need the solid story. You need suspense and and some scares. I it would never have to be like over the top. Yeah, I would never say that torture porn that genre when that started coming out was my favorite at all. Hostile, seeing the toes getting clipped off, I was like, I was like, what, yeah. what's the point? You just you, that's more shock than it is yeah. a good story. Did you see um, Eli Roth's uh, Cannibal movie? Raw? No, no, no. It's the one where the the social oh, it's like justice green something yeah. or something like that. I the did social not. justice warriors. Yeah, go, go to, to tribe. Uh, yeah, the Amazon and find the tribe. I did not cannibals. see it. Did you? I did. What'd you think? It's it's hilarious. Really? I mean, in a bad way. Like, no, no. It, it shouldn't I mean, be like. It's supposed to be hilarious. I okay. think. I mean, I mean I Eli know. Roth kind of does that with his movies. It's like cheeky. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I forgot what that. Yeah, I, I got to check that one out. Because it's cheeky because of the the circumstances. You know, if it was just like like a group of people that got lost, it'd be a totally different movie. But it's like these these like social media influencers that like you just automatically kind of don't like <laughs> that are 
a place that they shouldn't be going to in the first place and then they end up in this situation. You're like, ah, screw you guys. Yeah, that's the one thing is that like I think a lot of times you got to feel bad for the characters that are being killed or it's not a really horror movie. Cause you, right, that's the thing is like yeah. in that movie, I didn't care about any of those characters. Yeah. I was like, yeah, kill them. Well, it's almost like, you know, when you, you talked about like uh, the idea of a good horror movie is that you can put yourself in those situations so that you'll feel fear yourself. Yeah. So nobody wants to admit in the classic Larry fashion, somebody who's an asshole or who's evil doesn't wake up in the morning and say, I'm evil, I'm an asshole. Right. So you don't want to, you will never associate yourself with these people that are on the screen that are assholes who you feel deserve to die. Right. So if you get these social social media justice warrior, blah, 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 I'm going to go save the tribe. Like, this is going to sound horrible. Um, but did you hear about that guy who went to like the tribe that they kept saying, do not visit this tribe? It was like on an island yeah. and he snuck in yeah. and he was killed. Yeah. And I feel bad that he died. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Right. Like, why are you going there? They told you not to. Right. Like, come you had, on. You like, had the same reaction to that guy as you do to the horror movie characters that go that make bad decisions. Exactly. And so I think if you have these bad decisions and bad uh Actors, you can't identify with them because you'll never think yourself is bad, and so you don't care when they die, and you don't you don't become a part of it to get scared. I think the best horror movies bring you into it and be like, "Oh shit, if this happened to me, that'd be crazy." Yeah, and and like, "Oh my god, he, they're chasing her. She's innocent," which is why they always did the virgins, and then when the virgins have sex, oh, yeah, yep, there you go. Um, so okay, so I don't want you to think that we hate horror movies. Because no. as we will say over and over again, we love horror movies. We do. I love horror movies. Yeah. Um, I've been on a kick where I've been watching a horror movie every morning. Really? Yeah. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah, boy. What did you watch recently? Um, What was it? Because, okay, to to be fair, this uh, we've been talking about this oh, yeah. project that we're sending out and everything. Um, It's a slate of five movies, and they are horror movies um, because that's how yeah. much we like movies and because they make good money if you do them right. Um, okay, and been, which is I've why been, Alex has probably been watching horror movies. Yes, exactly. His own. Go exactly. ahead. I've been rewatching some that I've seen. Okay. Um, watching some that I should have seen, and then watching some that I have not, you know, ever even heard okay. of. Okay. Okay. Um, I watched Alien, oh. which is just so Come, good. I mean, get the hell out of here! Like, get away! If you, if anyone has a problem with Alien, get the hell out of here. So good, so good. Um, I watched for the first time, uh, I think I told you about this, The Lost Boys. I had never seen that. Really? Yeah. Did you watch that on Plex? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, that's a good one. I like Lost Boys. Yeah. like Lost Boys a lot. So good. Yeah. And then I've been watching some weird ones that I can't even remember the titles of them, honestly, but they're kind of like newer ones that went straight to um, VOD or something. Okay. Okay. Well, now that you have Shudder. Check out uh, Terrified, which is oh. kind of playing oh. into yeah, it's a Wait. it's a Hispanic from Buenos Aires, Brazil. Okay. Um, it's it's kind of like one of our ideas that we're that we're doing, but a little different. Okay, um, I'll check. But that yeah, out. yeah, check that out. Um, but yeah, okay, I get on bad. I I can I get on board with that. I, I should watch more horror movies. I haven't watched horror movies in a while. My wife likes horror movies. She does. But at the same time, it's not one of those things where it's like, what kind of movie you want to watch tonight? Usually after like a long week of like. Working, it's not a. I want to watch a horror movie. It's mostly I want to watch a well, comedy. Absolutely. Why do you think I'm watching them in the morning? My wife leaves for work at seven, and then if I don't have to leave until like nine, I'll <laughs> pop in a, a horror movie. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So we love we love horror movies. Yeah. Um, 
And we figured we might as well talk about the reasons we like them after saying all these things that we dislike about them. So for our listeners out there that are going to make horror movies, listen to this and also listen to what we said before so you don't do it. Right. So why do you love a horror movie, Alex? Well, personally, um, I love the visual style mm. of horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, like horror films have a um, a more sort of like vivid, raw style than a lot of other movies. And I particularly like when horror imagery is put into other genres even. Um, so we've talked about, you know, a great example of that is Seven. Yeah. Where you have this sort of like colorful, uh, dark imagery and like exaggerated, like you have that that big guy who ate himself to death or whatever, you know, like that scene. Yeah. And like the, the horribly like Lit. dilapidated, D- dingy, dingy, like yeah. dirty, like it's over the top, yeah. kind of. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. But it's stylized and it's yeah. interesting and it's dark and it's moody and scary. And I love, I love the harsh, the harsh contrast of lighting in horror. Yeah. The, the, the pools of light yeah. and, and the revealing of things. I love that. Like, yeah. like that is, that to me is a bigger scare than like. Someone getting stabbed or like something about it's just like this this darkness and you just see somebody like most movies when you when you uh see something out of the corner of your eye and you're like, What oh, oh my god, I can't yeah. believe it. Like Hereditary did that oh, a yeah, bunch of times. Oh, yeah. Um so yeah, I mean the style of horror movies is great. Yeah. I I'm with you on that. Yeah. Um I love the imagery yep. of of just in general of yeah. horror movies. And I don't know if it's I don't know if it's just me, probably you, or probably like you people probably. that like horror movies. Uh-huh. Uh, but I do have kind of a fascination with certain topics, even though I don't particularly like believe so much in them. Like like ghosts, like psychics, like witchcraft, like the occult. Like yeah, I don't necessarily believe any of that stuff, but I'm interested in it, and I love the idea of it. And I just love, and I, I what I also do like about it is that. It can invoke like just this deep history. Like maybe you don't believe in the occult or like what the occult can do. The occult exists. I mean, yeah, if you don't right. believe that, it can raise people from the dead and like summon and spells and all that. But like the the imagery of it, the the symbolism that's in it, yeah. the, the the rituals of it, like yeah. like horror's got some history to it. Yes, um, and that is awesome. Like the yeah. ghosts and like oh yeah yeah yeah, and that's um, another, yeah totally. That's the thing about. About um, horror and like ghosts and all that stuff is it is rooted so deeply in our past. Like it's been around it, like way before movies were around. Um, there were scary stories and the idea of ghosts, yeah, and psychics and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So it's all very like rooted in our history, which is interesting. Which I love. I yeah. love. I love. I love. And uh, I particularly love. That well, what I would say if I had to choose one of my favorite genres other than horror, it would be mysteries because um, Chandler. I, yeah, yeah, Raymond Chandler. Raymond Chandler. Uh, I just love though, like the activity of 
being in the movie and trying to solve it. And yourself solving it and see if you could solve it before they do. Yes. It's, yeah. it's almost be it's smarter like, than that. It's more interactive than just like watching a movie and seeing yeah. what happens. It's like, oh, there's these clues hidden in this movie. I'm going to find them and see if I can solve it before I find out what happens at the end. And that to me is like the, the horror movies that I love the most include an element of mystery to them. Yeah. I, I'm totally with you that like, and that is why it, it, it upsets me so much when things are explained so much. Right. Like, my wife hates open-ended endings. Right. I don't hate them. I also don't like tons of explanation because then I can do something in my mind where I'm like, you know what? This is yes. what I think. There's and a, it breeds a discussion. Middle. Yeah. There's a middle ground. And it's like you can talk to people. I'm like, what do you think about this? It's like, oh, well, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I get you. I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm totally with you that. And I would say another thing that I love so much about horror movies is the emotional response from audiences. Yeah. Because, you know, other than comedy, the only uh, – comedy even less than horror. The only the, – the horror is probably the main one where I can go to a theater and if people are yelling and screaming and like – Laughing and all that, I don't get offended. I hate people who talk in movies. I hate yes. it. Like I'm like I'm like shut the hell up, get the fuck away, like, turn off your phone. Like this is not just you. Like I want to be immersed. Yeah. But when it comes to horror, if you're like, oh no, I'm like, oh yeah, okay, give it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yes, this person's scared. Everyone's scared. And so, like that, like just the emotional, like to and like it's, to see my wife like jump and like grab on. I'm like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. This yeah. is good. It affects you in a totally different way. It's like, um, um, again, it adds to like the immersive experience because um, you watch other movies like, yeah, dramas, you can get emotionally involved and you can like, <laughs> yeah, you can get like emotional and, and sad or something. Um, You're a wimp. <laughs> and comedies, you can get emotionally involved in, and laugh along with it. But there's something like super primal about the idea of like being terrified. Yeah. You know? And also it's a primal instinct of being terrified, the flight or fl- uh, fight instinct. Yeah. Yeah. And the ups and downs of, of uh, a horror movie, because you know, there's a lot of comedy in horror movies because it is that roller coaster of while, while your expectations are low and you're having a, a good time, it just like slams you in the face with, yeah. with the scary, you know, it's like, um, doing the the head fake a little bit. Yeah, it's also like you just said, like the being entertained and all that. It's it's the idea of like people paying to be frightened just is awesome. Like they're there paying money, yeah, to get the shit scared out of them. And yes. it's just like this primal, like yeah, like oh, it's like a masochistic, masochistic, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scare me, scare me, scare me. Exactly. Uh, how well it's almost like a challenge to the movie. Like, how much yeah. can you scare me? Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, one thing I also really like about horror movies is that it breeds a lot of uh, the the ability to experiment and and try yes. new things because it is kind of a hyper real. It's a hyper world. You know, it's not kind. You know, like especially supernatural. It's not really real, especially if you don't believe that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and. Um, it can allow you to do some weird, you know, with color, with lighting, with yeah. with shots, with movement. Um, one thing that really brings to my mind is, um, you know, what it's it's beyond the spoiler alert uh, time frame. Um, the others. Did you ever see the others? Yes. 
Okay, so for those who don't know, The Others is a movie, it, it seems like your typical um, haunting movie of Nicole Kidman moves into a new house with her family, a big giant mansion, and she's starting to be haunted. So there's a couple things they do in there that are really cool. What they do is they turn the dialogue really low. So theaters and home theater people would have to turn up the volume to listen to what they were saying, to hear, be able to hear what they were saying. But then the actions like doors slamming and like piano cover slamming were raised. So it'd be really loud. So you'd have this really like soft, like hey, children and then bam. And then you go, Oh God, you know, it wasn't even <laughs> like a, a scare in the sense of like something jumping on the screen, but just the sound. Right. And then at the end it was, Oh, wait a second. It's called The Others because Nicole Kidman and her family are dead, and they moved into this house, and they're haunting the actual residents of it without knowing. Right. And it's like, that shit, I'm just like, yes. Yeah, great I concept, mean, it, great story. Great concept, great concept, great story. She sees her dead husband from the war walk and then say he can't stay. Oh, just. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and horror was kind of like born from experimentation because, you know, the one it's a low-budget genre mm-hmm. back in the day. You know, they didn't have – the budgets for the insane sets and and all the the crazy stuff. So yeah, a lot of stuff was like shrouded by darkness and like they yep. had to get creative with things <sighs> and like paint things in perspective and like do all the effects right. So it's kind of like experimental by nature, which is what's fun and exciting about it for a filmmaker, but also as an audience member because you don't really know what's going to happen and what someone's going to come up with, which I really like. And then also one thing. I find very interesting about horror films is that they're able to cover topics that other genres won't necessarily touch. Yeah. Uh, things that are like kind of dark or controversial mm, mm-hmm. um, and twisted or whatever. Yeah. And so then, uh, and it can do so in an interesting way where it's not just like a straight, you know, straight arrow storyline that's like, oh, this bad thing happens and it's just like, you know, standard stuff. It's exploring these controversial, dark, kind of evil, terrible topics in a different way, like with metaphors and with symbolism and all that kind of stuff, which I enjoy. Yeah. I mean, you can get away with a lot in horror. I mean, I could go through the list of controversial topics that were used in horror movies. The Hills Have Eyes. Sure. Um, I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. and, and granted, they do get some, they do get some pushback, and people are like, "This is bad," or blah blah blah. But like, for yeah. the most part, people are like, "Well, this is this is horrible," and it's in a horror movie. Like, right. you get away with a lot in horror movies. Yeah, um, way more than you can get in other genres. And I hate to say this, but for the most part, I think horror movie make filmmakers do that on purpose to get the press of like, you will not believe what this horror movie is. There's no yeah. such thing as bad press when it comes to movies. Eh, there may be, but... <laughs> <laughs> there probably um, is. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Spacey being in it or something like that. But, yeah. uh, but like, I mean, you could get away with a lot more and touch on subjects that most people would be like, eh... Yeah. But it's a horror movie. It's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so that, I mean, yeah, that's basically our spiel on horror movies. Uh, yeah, the, you got to be really a really good horror movie for to impress me and Alex, and it's not to say we're like right. It's horror movies, guys. But it's not, yeah, it's not they, that serious. So I go cliche. see all the movies. It's not that. Yeah, and I like I like many movies. Yeah, but there's I want to be blown away is the thing. 
Yeah, you have to do something special in horror because it is so almost cruise control. Yeah. You know, like the ones that come out because they know people are going to go see them because they want to be scared. Yeah. And so, yes, you you may make a lot of money at a horror movie, but you got to do something special for me to be like, stand up and be like, that was a damn good horror movie. Totally. Like one recent, I would call it a, it was really a sci-fi, but I'd call it a horror hybrid, slightly, um, that definitely exceeded expectations for me. Go on. Was. Uh-huh. Ex Machina. Oh. So Would you good. say that was a horror? Absolutely. Oh, That man. dude is stuck in that crazy, um, like, fortress. That's true. He's, That's true. And there's a robot. God, I love Ex Machina. Oh, my God. It's so good. And he's stuck in there with a lunatic. And then it turns out the robot's like a murderous. So on that note, would you say Mandy's a horror? Mandy. Yeah. See, that was probably the most recent horror that I've seen that was like, this is experimental. It's subversive. Mandy, it's- Mandy's definitely a horror. I mean, yeah, I don't know what else you would call it. Yeah. I guess it's sci-fi. Yeah, yeah maybe sci-fi, but it's 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 very controversial topic. They rape a woman and then burn her alive. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but I was like, this is insane and sure. like good. Um, yeah. Oh, you get, you get a movie like creep, which here's the thing. Like, this is how good horror can be. You have a movie like creep, which is literally shot on a handy cam with two actors for the most part. Yeah. And the story is good. The acting's good. And it's a good horror movie. I love that movie. I yeah. think it's great. And it's made two, two sequels. They're coming out with a, a creep three. Yeah. Um, and so that's the kind of stuff we love. Like, just give me that. Give me that all day. Yep. I will watch horror movies left and right all day or day. All day or day. Uh, I love horror. We love horror movies. So that's basically our horror movie spiel. Yep. Uh, so what's new, Al? Well, actually, not what's new. What's cool? What's cool? What's cool? Go ahead. All right. So one of the first things that I <laughs> saw today was yeah. this. Um, it's a Kickstarter campaign oh, okay. for a thing called... Muteg or Muteg? Mm, I don't know. We'll go with Muteg. Mu. Mu. Um, and it's a really, M-U. it's a really tiny um, tracker for your things. Okay. Uh, which this goes back to us getting robbed recently. Oh, man, holy so shit! Yeah, you're not kidding. If you've ever seen these trackers, you know, like tile or whatever. Yeah. They're rather large. Yeah. Um, and they're fine for like things like mm-hmm. keys or whatever. But these are almost like. The size of um, a Jolly Rancher, but half the thickness. You know, it's like a little, it's a little tab that yeah. is rechargeable. You can plug it straight into your computer to charge it. Okay. Or it comes with a charging station if you have a bunch of them. Okay. Um, and you can stick them to whatever. You can stick them to your camera equipment if you have nice. like, um, you know, a bunch of stuff like a camera yeah. or like lenses. You can just stick to all of them or you can just throw it in the bag. Okay. Um, and then it syncs up to your app. Okay. So you can track things. So here's my question. How would that have helped us getting stolen? Like if I put one of those on my moped, wouldn't it have to be near it to find out where it is? Isn't this like to help you find it in a house? No, sir. Oh. It puts it on the map. It's GPS too as well. Yeah. Oh, shit. Man, we should have gotten that. Damn it. Ah, oh, mother effort. Now, how does it stick? Because I looked at them, they look like almost like little thumb drives. Yeah. Um, how do they stick? Because the tile's like, you know, it has a hole in it, so you can put a carabiner, you can put it on your keychain or right. something like that. How does it attach to things? Um, I didn't 
see exactly what they said. Okay. I assume you put like a double sticky, no, oh, okay, like foamy. Okay, it is thing. small. I'll give them that. Yeah, it's very small, which is nice. And then they sell the where they're selling it uh, is very interesting because they have made these little docking stations. Okay, for them, um, which is like um, a little charger, a little charging station. Okay. Um, and depending on what package you get, they have one that, let's see, what is it? Uh, is it a four pack? How many, how many do they have? I oh, see. yeah, they have a four pack for nine that, um, includes like a charger oh, for four. Yeah. And then they also have one for, um, eight. I'm actually going to, I might buy these. Yeah. It's cool. And so you can get a 12-pack with two uh, hubs that charge eight at a time. And... Oh, wait. Is there... No, I think no, it's, it's a, just a four. It's a four-charger. It's a four-charger that comes with eight. So you could have four on the chargers and then four out. Yeah. I just want to know, I wonder how long the battery life is. Because, like, say we... You know, we don't go to our storage unit all the time. So if I were to put four on the charger, you know what, and have one out... Yeah. On the moped, like how often would I have to go back and switch them out? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to know. Um, That's a good question. Let's see. I don't know. I don't know. I feel yeah. like it's probably more for things that you use regularly. Yeah. Um, so Damn, 30 minutes to charge one, though. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm going to look into that because I might get that because, I mean, you know. I feel like it'd be really handy for things like. Um, you know, I think most people, unlike us, we're maniacs and we're trying to get become more like most people. You can, uh, they have like, you know, a limited selection of gear. And so you could get like a 12 pack and probably put a tracker on like most of your stuff. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's what I'm reading through it right now. So a couple negatives and a couple positives. It does not have GPS. Oh, it doesn't. Doesn't. So I think it's one of those things. Remember we were going to get those things that where it's like you pack them all in your gig bag and then you know what's with you? Yeah. It looks like it's that. But I saw a demonstration where it dropped a pin on a map. Now that may be within 250 feet. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's just 250 feet. 250 feet. Okay, never mind. It didn't... It's not as exciting as no. I thought. No, um, because it says a GPS model will make the the thing increase in size dramatically. But that being said, one to three months on the charge, depending on how often you connect to it. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, now, granted, now if we uh, if it's true what we think about our stuff, and somebody in our in the building took it. We would be able to find it. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, yeah, the tile does have GPS, so maybe the tile. Tile might be the way to go to put it on our stuff. That's interesting. Yeah, but, um, yeah, it's still, it's still pretty cool. I mean, it's much smaller than, uh, than, uh, than the tile and all that. And it's rechargeable. Tile's not, I don't think. Right. Yeah, I forget. I don't remember how that works. Yeah. So I'll, I'll look into it, but that that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I still I still am interested in that. Um 
I what's cool for me is that they just released the first footage of the Canon 8K super uh, the 8K system. 8K. Right. So mm-hmm. Canon, everyone's coming out with 8K, 8K, 8K. Nobody's really done a, a camera that's ready to be released to the wild. Just like we kind of said, talked about the uh, Panasonic 4K organic sensor camera, where it was a prototype. Mm-hmm. Um, Canon is sent their 8K to a couple filmmakers, and they shot something with it, um, and they released the footage. Now, here is the predicament that always comes with this kind of shit. And this is what me and Alex have talked the whole time. Footage looks great. Yeah. Looks really good. We don't have 8K monitors, and YouTube doesn't have 8K capabilities. Nope. So I could only view a 4K foot, 4K piece of footage on my 1080p monitor. Yeah. There it is. There's there's your bottleneck. 8K is great for VFX, I'm sure, but we don't have 8K monitors, and YouTube doesn't do 8K. So it's kind of like, eh, okay. But... Again, this is not the model that's going to be released to the public. Uh, it is a Super 35 sensor that can record up to 8192 by 4320 resolution. Crazy. Crazy. But if you look at the photos, it records to an external recorder. And this may just be their setup where they had multiple monitors. But it looked like a little proton pack that it was recording to. <laughs> uh, I, I think I saw in the corner of the proton pack was the actual recorder. It was probably the size of a, a codex, like our uh, um, yeah. the Pure. Um, yeah. But at the same point, it was all tethered. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, AK, you got to assume that they're going to do external recorders because that's just how it is. Um, but yes, yeah, so Canon is out there shooting with some 8K footage, um, and uh, I bet none of you can view it at 8K goodness. So, well, there's also there's also the um, the idea that there's diminishing returns on resolution uh, once it reaches a certain ah, point. Ah, the eye because the eye can only resolve certain amounts of information. Your brain doesn't have like limitless capabilities. Yeah, so. I believe it's actually 4K mm, is the limit. Okay, well, then... But I read that in an article somewhere. Haven't read it in a couple years. Yeah. Um. So I'd have to look up that again. But there's something about that. So I feel like the application of 8K um, in like mainstream is extremely limited. It's probably more for kind of like what we've talked about for 6K, uh, visual effects needing extra resolution to adjust the frame if you need to yeah. like zoom in yeah. or um, get like really clean keys maybe or like um, uh, background plates that you can sort of adjust or something like that. Yeah. But um, for like, it, a, for a like final s- output, for final output, it doesn't make any sense. None. None. I, I mean, I mean- I don't think. They just, as far as what I've heard, it's 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 the same computer model. Everyone's just trying to one up themselves so right. that they think they because everyone out there thinks that they need AK when you don't. I don't know I mean, anyone that thinks. Can they you need imagine? 8K. Can I you, cannot think of a single person who thinks they need AK. Can you imagine trying to stream AK? Like yeah, I can. Oh my god! Like that would be the a worst. nightmare. Yeah, the worst. Yeah, so that so can it's out there. Hopefully, maybe they take some of the stuff they learned from the prototype and put it into other things, not AK, but you know something else. Yeah. Uh, okay. What else you got? I saw the Zacuto Chameleon EVF was announced. Oh, I like which Zacuto. is kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zacuto has been in the EVF game for a little while. They've had a few different versions of uh, viewfinders and stuff. 
But this is their newest one uh, called the Chameleon. It's 1080p resolution inside the viewfinder, which is awesome. Um, it's HDMI and SDI, which is also Ooh, awesome. Very awesome. So you got double. Very um, awesome. It has a little joystick on the top, so you can go through the menu inside, because the EVF itself has built-in functions oh. like peaking, and um, uh, I think it has like anamorphic de-squeezes and like, <laughs> you know, frame lines and stuff like that. Um, and it's, what's cool about it is it's something that you could take with you and put it on different cameras. Oh, nice. You know, so unlike built-in EVFs mm-hmm. or, you know, if you have like a, a camera that has one, uh, like we do, yeah. Panasonic has one, but we can't necessarily like take that off and use it on something else. No. Um, so. But we could take it off and then put this one on it and just connect it for, via that's right. SDI. That's right. So blow my mind here. Yep. We all, we talked about, I don't know how many podcasts ago, maybe one or two ago, about the one terabyte micro SD card. Yes. Tell me this EVF does LUTs. Um, yes, it does. does Bill, you can do LUTs in the EVF? Yes. Oh, get the not, hell out of here. Not through SD oh. or micro SD, I don't believe, but it has a USB-C port. Really? Yeah. Now... Somebody out there, if you make an EVF that has a SDI, a micro SD, uh, uh, like, you know, slot, yeah, where I can load in LUTs, give me that all day. Like yeah. that, we're at that technology, guys. Come on, stop being lazy. Yeah, that we sounds cer- cool. We certainly don't need one terabyte of LUTs. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> um, I will say, you know what? I do. I will say that of all the different companies, because everyone, every company, every like a camera accessory company has their own look. Uh, I think Tangerine is mostly orange accents and all that. Yeah. Um, I really like how Zakudos look. They, yeah. they, they, they perform well, but they also look good. Yeah, for sure. Like I like all of the Zakudos stuff. I mean. It's not necessarily like top, top, top of the line. Yeah, but it's all pretty good. You know, I think I I always think of Zakudo as you definitely get what you pay for, and what you pay for is not super expensive compared to everything else. Yeah, Zakudo I think is like a really good um, middle. Yeah, middle exactly. Road. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel, and uh, so that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I don't know if we'd ever need one of those. Maybe if we wanted to put it into like a, a like a smaller camera that doesn't have a EVF, I don't think we'd ever replace ours. But yeah, one that like, doesn't have one right now, we have a a C three hundred. That'd be fantastic. That doesn't have a um, doesn't have the the monitor module because it's broken. Yeah, um, it does have an EVF, but it's built in. It's kind of it doesn't really do much. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Cool, cool. So I actually am surprised I found this before Alex. Um, so a company named Blindspot, we may have talked to them about a while ago. Uh, they had a little adapter called the Power Junkie, and all it did was it. everyone has Sony batteries. We had Sony batteries even when we didn't have Sony cameras. Everyone has Sony cam- batteries, and it, would, it was an adapter that would allow you to use Sony batteries and power pretty much anything. It was just yeah. had tons of plugs, and you just put the right cable in and connect it to something else, and you could power anything with a, a Sony battery. Well, that company, Blindspot, came out with something called the Crack Light. And this thing looks like a larger credit card. It is a flexible LED soft panel. And is about the size of a credit card, maybe a little bit bigger, maybe the size of an iPhone, a new iPhone. 
Yeah. And it runs off of USB power. And it also comes with adapters. So you could run this LED light off of a phone. Yeah. It doesn't draw that much power because it's LED and right. it's small. And so now no excuse. You can you can uh there you go. You can uh you can light anything and they offer a USB dimmer. So not only do you get this small flexible LED panel that can be powered by your phone, it can have a dimmer. Yeah, which is really cool. Oh, so cool. I think um the applications for it are interesting, especially um with the idea of having like uh, extenders, USB extenders, because mm. you can still power it with that way. Yep. Um, Can't be to too me- long. Can't be too long. Power power right. over USB dies out after a while. To me, but- the, the strange like to me the best application for that type of thing would be sort of like hiding it. Oh yeah. Under like shelves or like in, accent lighting like, for a shot in a car, yeah. shot or whatever. But like having the battery mounted to the the underside of a shelf might not be the best. Yeah. But if you just have a little extender, oh, yeah, man, you know, yeah, I really want to. I want to give this a go. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, Blind Spot is kind of coming out with some really cool shit. Uh, I really like it. They had that the 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 scorpion, the, and they had the tile, which is kind of like an inflatable. It was almost oh, yeah. like our Illuminate yeah. that we have, but it was. Uh, it also had like a foldable softbox and all that. It looked really cool. Yeah. Um, so blind spot. It's called the uh, the crack light. It's on Kickstarter right now. And for those who are aware about Kickstarter, I think this is about their. Mm, I think this is their sixth Kickstarter, yeah. and they have good a good track record of delivery on the Kickstarter. So if yeah. you're, you're kind of nervous about it, give it a go. They they always kind of deliver, um, and it looks kind of cool. I, I've also seen photos of it on top of a DSLR. So. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, I my initial thought was like, well, I wonder how this compares to the Aperture M9 or whatever. Oh it's called. yeah. Um, and they granted my wish right as I was thinking it in their little um, uh, campaign. Uh, Did a comparison. Yeah, they have a comparison. Nice. And it turns out uh, the color rendition is much higher. Well, not much higher, but it's higher. Um, yeah. The output is higher. No, nice and dimmable. And no, the other one's dimmable, but it's way more dimmable. So, like the the M9 has like nine steps of dimming, you know. But like, yeah. but this new crack light, crack light, um, <laughs> love the name, can dim from three percent to a hundred percent. That's fantastic. So that's pretty cool. That's fantastic. Um, so yeah, check it out, crack light, blind spot. Check it out on Kickstarter. Check it out. All right, let's see what, what else, else we got? got. I spied. With your little eye? With my little eye. Uh-huh. The Insta360 Evo foldable camera. Oh, wow. Have you heard about this? I have not. So Insta360, they make a lot of, obviously, like 360 cameras and uh-huh. stuff for VR-type applications and whatnot. And this is kind of a cool double-use camera. I mean, honestly, I don't think I would buy it only because I'm not into this stuff. But, but what's, for people. Cool, what's cool about it is um, it's a camera that shoots 3D when flattened, and then when sandwiched and folded, the two cameras go back to back. Oh, interesting. So it, it folds out to be a 3D camera with two like eyeball perspectives, uh-huh. and then when it folds in, the, the eyeball cameras are back to back, and you get the 360 uh, video. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
That's really cool. Um, so I don't know. I feel like if you are looking for, um, well, first of all, I, I feel like they're going for a really specific audience because I don't know a lot of people that are shooting three, uh, or three D video just like, yeah, you know, I don't understand really what the application is for that. Um, maybe it's like, I mean, their, their promo video kind of shows them like, at, like at a birthday party. It's like, I don't know how many people are like, Hey guys, let's look at the birthday party of our daughter. Don't forget to put on your 3d glasses. Right. Exactly. So <clears throat> it's kind of like solving a problem that doesn't exist Yeah. in, in a way. Um, but I guess it could be cool. I, I think they might be, they might have their own app that shows, um, like 3D photos or video. It looks like it's almost like one of those hologram skins, almost like the um, the red uh, the red phone. Yeah. Where you put it on top of your can- your uh, phone screen, and it will show you right uh, 3D without you needing glasses. Exactly, and in the app uh, during playback, the app uses eye tracking to align with the viewer's gaze. Interesting. Okay, all right, I can see this a little bit. So there's there's some like roadblocks here. Obviously, only you'll be able to see these things because you're going to be the only person at all to have this special thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but when you show it to people, it might be real cool. Yeah, I <laughs> I was not impressed by the hydro uh, hydrogen one from uh, Red, but this might be a little bit better because like it's only when you want to see three D and hologram kind of thing. Do yeah. you? Yeah. Um, okay. That's kind of so, cool. That's uh, launching with a price of $420. <clears throat> that's not too bad, actually. 5.7K, 180 degree? Yeah. That's actually not that bad. Not too bad. <clears throat> that's a pretty good price. Um, all right. So I've got the uh, IDC IPL series of batteries, uh, the IDX, putting a little cursor over mine. IDX IPL 98, the IDX IPL 150. <laughs> one has 96 watt hours and the other one has 143 watt hours. Now, these are the batteries that are known for stacking. So that means you can stack back to back to back up to four batteries. Stacks on stacks. Stacks on stacks on stacks on batteries. Um, now, nobody in their right mind would probably stack four batteries together <laughs> unless they had, you know, you had to detap out of them to go to something else. But yeah. you put that on the back of your camera, you got a little weight distribution problem. But that but being you said, can do it. you can do it if you want to. Uh, but that being said, you could do two. Uh, you don't, it's like a, its own little hot shoe. Um, and not only that, but they also are stackable with the old IDX batteries. So you can put a new battery with an old battery from IDX and just increase your power draw. And more importantly, they are on plane, uh, the onboard plane safe. So you can bring them on planes and they won't blow up. Um, yeah. so these are some batteries that, uh, to me, um, yeah, yeah. I feel like the, uh, the stackability of it is mm-hmm. pretty questionable. <laughs> I don't know why you would do that. But except for you can stack them when you're charging. Yeah. So if you have eight batteries and a quad charger, you could charge all the batteries. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would say, but I mean, you got to think about it. Like the charging is awesome, but also the hot, the, the, the hot shoe, you don't need a hot shoe plate. So not hot shoe, a hot swap plate. Sorry. 
I said hot shoe. Well, um, but the point of the hot swap is you never have to turn the camera off because. Oh, well, no, no, my friend. The way this one, the IPL series works, is it draws power from the last battery mounted. So, so when the back battery, yeah, when the back battery's dead, you can pop it off, and it'll draw from the front, and you can pop the other one back without powering on your camera. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Not impressed. Wow, wow, it takes a lot to impress you. I mean, um, it's fine. It's fine. I, I'm the hot swap itself is even questionable to me. Because it's like, I don't know what application I'm in, really, where it's like unfortunate for me to shut down the camera. Well, we were doing that on the interview, except we didn't set the camera up right and it beeped at us. But, right. Uh, yeah. But all you have to do is just monitor, like switch the batteries out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, yeah, if it, maybe if it's a live event, like not even an interview. Yeah. And you don't have power and you just want to be able to keep swapping, like, you know, like, like a, a, an air show. An air show, yes. <laughs> the yeah. very t- the very limited time you're shooting an air show. Um, sure. Yeah, there sure. you go. Um, yeah, so there you go. Now you can shoot your air show. Shut up. But you could also uh, just, you know, plug it in to, like, where the gardeners, uh, you know, plug their, their tools into. This guy's never been to an air show. Get out of here. You know the gardeners on the they're, airship? Uh, they're, uh, yeah, but sometimes the air shows are down like San Diego on the coast and there is no power plug-in well, where the public all, can all go. All you have to do is bring a potato <laughs> and some copper and you're good. Alex always makes the most sense. I just need to get, bring a giant bag of potato and then I'm good. I can run my giant Don't camera. Copper. I can shoot my 8K cannon on, on run by potatoes. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, on that note... That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for joining us. You can get the show notes for this episode by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash episode 45. And don't forget to hop on over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. Where And when you're there, give us a five-star rating if you feel so inclined. Please do. And if you have any filmmaking questions, ask away in the comments section. We'll try to answer them. You can hit us up on YouTube. You can hit us up on Facebook. You can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. And you can hit us up on fearlessfilmmakers.com where you can join our growing community of filmmakers. That's fearlessfilmmakers.com. And we will talk to you guys next time. Later. Later.